Hi everybody, it's Joe from Walk With God. And today I want to talk about whether or not you can lose your salvation. I'm really surprised that this is one of the most controversial subjects within Christianity. I mean, I just don't get it. If someone's not walking in faith, whether or not they've lost their salvation, they should be lovingly corrected in gentleness if you look at Galatians 6.1. But beyond that, just suggesting to someone that they or someone else has lost their salvation, that really changes how we treat that person. Suggestion has a lot of power, and that particular suggestion has caused people to not want anything to do with Christianity. This isn't to say don't ask questions, but with that being said, that was actually how the serpent seduced Eve, was by getting her to question God. Okay, now, as Christians, we know that all scripture is infallible, never truly contradicts. Yet when it comes to this specific area, there are different scriptures that seem to tell different stories. Now, I don't want to shame anyone for having a different opinion about this than me or anyone, because that's all that we really have without a clear scriptural answer opinions. Before I get into the scripture behind it and ultimately my own opinion, I want to plug my social media. If you're not already following me, it's a good way to keep up with my videos if you're not always on YouTube. I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, facebook.com slash walkwiththelordgod, Instagram is walkwithgodgram, and Twitter is just walkwithgod. So I want to address an elephant in the room that I've noticed around people who do believe that you can lose your salvation. And it's that there's a lot of anger towards people who say, oh, I'm saved, and use that as a license to sin. But in Galatians 5.13, Paul specifically warns against using your freedom in Christ as a license to sin. Sometimes I think people who believe you can lose your salvation only believe that because they see people using their freedom as a license to sin. And I think responding to backlash like that is not the right way to go about things. There's lots of people who believe you have secure salvation and don't use their salvation as a license to sin. Now, I haven't given my opinion yet, but let's take a look at just a few scriptures. In the camp supporting that you can lose your salvation, you have Revelation 3.16, where Jesus is addressing a church and he says, So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And then in 2 Chronicles 15.2, God uses a prophet who says, The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Exodus 32.33 also supports that you could lose your salvation. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. And Hebrews 6.4-6 is commonly used to support loss of salvation as an option. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. I did point out that there are verses that support that you are always saved. So let's take a look at some of those. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. John 6.39, and this is the will of him who sent me, Jesus speaking, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And then Jesus later says in John 10.28-29, I give them eternal life and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And then Romans 11:29, 29, 
for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Philosophically, it makes sense that God would give you the choice to come back. Free will is actually a really big part of our lives, and it's a lot in the Bible, actually. But it also makes sense that if you could lose your salvation, then your choice supersedes the power of God to save your soul, making God not all-powerful, or so those who believe in that camp would tell you. And now we come to my opinion. I want to get back to that passage earlier from Hebrews chapter 6, because to me, the rest of Hebrews 6 points to the earlier verses, verses 4 to 6, saying that you can't lose your salvation. So I'm going to start reading in verse 7. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then at the end of verse 18, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. I think when you put all of those verses together contextually, particularly within the greater scheme of Hebrews, my favorite book in the Bible, it seems to be saying that your faith can go through a bad period, but ultimately if you were saved in the first place, that's shown in you coming back to God at some point. King Saul, for instance, we were told in 2 Chronicles 10.30, died for his lack of faith. This was a man who prophesied when the Holy Spirit came upon him, but who forsook God and fake repented, but never truly came back. Samson, on the other hand, you could argue truly forsook God, but at the end, he came back. He had the Holy Spirit come upon him. He tasted the goodness. And while he did forsake God, he came back. And he's mentioned in the Hebrews Hall of Faith in chapter 11. So my conviction is that if you knew God, if you were saved, that will be shown by you coming back within this life, even after some potentially bad, unfaithful periods. For me, personally, the earlier verses on both camps are toss-ups, but I'm not going to individually dissect each one as to why I believe that. But I do think that Hebrews chapter 6, in its fullness, really does paint that picture. That if you are saved, it will ultimately be shown in the fruit that you produce over the course of your life. And if not, we'll see the fruits of that, or rather the thorns, if you look at Hebrews 6 again. I believe that if God foreknew you to be saved, he knew that you would come back to him. But that God does still use the Holy Spirit with people who aren't saved. They just never come back to him. Now, as a caution, I do think it's okay if you don't agree with me, but be careful because sometimes people who believe that you can lose your salvation can be a little bit legalistic. I'm not saying that I or anyone else who believes salvation is secure have it all figured out. Definitely not the case. I have to be honest, I think some other people who believe that your salvation is secure can be real sanctimonious jerks about it. But in this instance, even if I don't agree with how they respond, I agree with the point. And I think that it's far more important what we do with the gift of God than whether or not it's completely secure. And I think how we respond to others 
is very reflective of what's still in our own hearts. Again, I think it's far more important to correct someone who's in sin with gentleness rather than, you know, wondering whether or not they're saved or we're always saved or whatever. And that goes for us. So I have three encouragements. First, if this is important to you, to understand why it's so important to you. Particularly if it's important for you to have other people believe this as well. And then it's to check whether or not these viewpoints have made you at all legalistic or conceited. And then how you can use whatever viewpoint you come to to grow closer to God. While of course being open to being wrong in a spirit of humility. I could be wrong on this and it's really not a big deal to me. But if it's a big deal to you, why is that? Okay guys, thank you so much for watching. Please remember to check out my social media and have a blessed day or a blessed night.